0: We are so honored that you're here with us for season three. We want to share, connect,
1: and grow the paper flower community with you. Welcome to Paper Talk.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Paper Talk. Today, we have Stephen Brooks with us from the Indiana Paper Company, formerly known as the Paper Peony, which we're going to ask him about. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're <laughs> on Instagram or if you're if you've ever been to his website, you've likely seen all of his roses that he makes. Yeah, and they so are beautiful. Just so, so beautiful. Um, he's able to turn doublet cray paper into something so exquisite, I would say. And I mean, we've talked to Stephen in the past, and he has a really interesting story about how he came up with his Juliet rose. But we're here to welcome him so that he gets to chat and he gets to tell us all about his paper flower journey. Welcome, <laughs> Stephen.
2: Hi, how are you?
0: Welcome. Good, good. We're so excited that you're here with us. If you guys don't know, Stephen is one of our team members in our Facebook group, and I I think I've been following Stephen since I started, around that yeah, time. been here. He stood out very, very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Stephen, honestly, your flowers stand out to us. I. I think it's, it's not just the way that you make it. It's also the way that you, you put your photos. It. Yeah, it's, it's the lighting, beautiful. it's the mood. And mm-hmm. there's something very polished, I would say, about both your art and your photographs. So we're super interested in hearing about how you kind of, how you caught the paper flower bug and how you evolved as an artist.
2: If you've been to my website or have heard me talk before, I got started, I guess about three years ago, my wife and I were expecting our Our second child, and we found out she was going to be a girl, and we didn't tell anyone it was going to be a (laughs) surprise for everyone. And we already had a name in mind, and Juliet was that name. And I was doing some research on the name of Juliet, and something came across on the internet, and it was a Juliet Rose. And I was like, no way, there's a rose, a Juliet Rose. (laughs) So I looked it up and found out. Obviously, if you've seen them, they're just gorgeous. This nice pinky, pinky peach color, and I was like, "Well, I'll just buy a bouquet of real Juliet roses for Annalie, my wife, in the hospital, so she can be surprised with a Juliet." rose bouquet when baby Juliet is born. So after looking up like prices and like how to get them, I have a florist friend I talked with and she was like, well, we have to order a minimum amount and it's going to be this much money. And I was like, Oh,
1: <laughs> yeah, <okay." laughs> it's shocking for a lot of people.
2: <laughs> that was a number that was higher than I anticipated. So I thought to myself, Annalie would be really upset if I spent a lot of money on these flowers that were going to die in a few days. So I resorted to trying to find some fake Juliet roses, like silk flowers. And they don't make that variety. They make a bunch of other varieties. They might now, but at the time they didn't make a Juliet rose variety, silk rose. So I kept looking online and I stumbled across Leah Griffith's crepe paper, Juliet rose template. And I thought to myself, Hey, I'm crafty. I'm an artist. I could make this. So I printed off the instructions and I Bought my first rolls of crepe paper. I had no clue what this stuff was before. And then I started and I made one and it was okay. It turned out okay. There was lots of hot glue everywhere. I think I used like two sticks of hot glue in the first flower.
0: It was like rock hard. It would not, it's still together. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my, <who does>
2: <laughs> so I kept making them because I was going to make a full bouquet of roses and they kept getting better and better eventually they were getting good enough where I was like oh these will photograph nicely and we ended up using them for Juliet's newborn photo shoot and they looked just phenomenal in the pictures um, mm-hmm. but I look back at them now and I was like oh man my Juliet <laughs> rose has evolved greatly <laughs> From these beginning ones but it's something special about this first one yes, um, so then a friend was like you should make more flowers and sell them and then the rest is history. I just, I told Annalie, this is fun for me to do. It gives mm-hmm. me a chance to explore. There's a, a million flowers I can try. I had, at the time I had a florist connection. I could like get a flower from her and tear it apart and mm-hmm. make my own templates and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. that's just kind of how it all started.
1: Wonderful. How did you come up yeah. with the name Paper Peony as your business
2: so, name? the Paper Peony, I just wanted something that invoked that I was making things out of paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, my still my focus is on fl- paper flowers. So I wanted a flower to be in the name of my company. And then I'm just a sucker for alliteration. So paper peony just happened to, I was like, oh, this will click. Um, it does flow. I,
1: it does. It rolls off yeah. the tongue very yeah. well.
2: <laughs> so that's kind of how that started. And I chose the, just because it needed something. The paper peony.
0: <laughs> it, just seemed, it seemed finished.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and with the logo idea I had in mind, it looked great. So I just kept it. And I did my research and I there was a couple other paper florists or other groups that were going by like like paper and peony paper. Uh, there were some variations, but I felt safe with my name choice and so that's kind of how it all started until like a year ago probably a year ago I got a message um, like a cease and desist saying that I had to stop doing business as the paper peony and I was really surprised because I was like I don't know anyone doing business as the paper peony and they got Mm -hmm. it trademarked I was just really surprised and caught off guard I got this email and Mm Uh, and there was another lady in the UK who also does paper flowers or something along the lines as doing business as the paper peony. And she also got that letter. So oh. she and I messaged back and forth we're like, what's going on? Like, who's who's sending this message? And we were so confused. And the lady who sent us the letter was Kind of, kind of bullying us in mm-hmm. some ways, just oh, threatening, no. thre- threatening to like take down our Instagram accounts, like report us for using her name, and I was like, oh, this is not going to happen. I've worked really hard to get mm-hmm. the, ins- my Instagram where it is today, for and sure. so in within a week. I had Mm rebranded, I talked with Amity and she Mm -hmm. helped me come up with a new name. And I have a friend who does some Photoshop stuff. And I was like, hey, I wanna keep the same look as my previous Mm -hmm. logo, but I need to just insert a few more things in. And so he made a logo for me really quick. And I really quickly just changed my Instagram account over so I wouldn't be flagged or reported or anything. And mm-hmm. then I, within a week, changed my emails and website and everything else that had to be changed.
1: Wow, wow. That was so chaotic. So,
2: thus, that Indiana Paper Company was born. So,
1: <laughs> congratulations! And, and I, have <laughs> I have a trademark.
2: I have a trademark on the way. Hopefully, I applied for it back before. Yeah. coronavirus stuff so I've still been yeah. waiting for that to happen so yeah we'll
1: see. yeah how interesting was a process difficult one or was it pretty easy
2: it's pretty easy there are a few different online companies that help kind of walk you through you pay like a flat fee to walk through some forms that you fill out and they they do searches for you to make sure that no one else is using this name you apply you throw some graphics their way, like an image of your logo and like what you make and what your future plans for the business are. And then it's just a waiting process, whether your, your information gets filed and how fast it moves through the trademark line. And mine's moving pretty slowly, so you can pay, you <laughs> so can pay more. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's just the cost.
2: I feel like initially it was like 200 to $300. And then when your trademark gets approved, it's an additional like $300.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah but it's a good investment not to have this happen especially when you've been burned like that
2: yeah i just don't want to like work up my brand again and have to read and change it again when someone else wants to start indiana paper company i'll be like
1: um nope
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're like i learned my lesson that's not gonna happen again yeah. Yep. And I left oh. my
2: I left my name open so I could do I do photography on the side so I could yeah. do I could do prints of my flowers. I've done some or like art shows of like mm-hmm. little square, you know, three by three or four by four mm-hmm. square prints of my flowers just to show people what I've made before. Mm-hmm. And they've asked to purchase them. And I was like, oh, I guess you could buy them. They're just mm-hmm. for you know, showing people what I make, but people were asking to purchase them. So yeah. I kind of left my name open. So I could do anything with paper. I
0: suppose. Yeah. It's That's so wonderful. interesting when we talk about names, you know, like whether or not, I, I think some people also grow, kind of grow out of their names as in like, maybe their personal name is even better known than what, their, you know, company name is. I mean, I remember we were talking about Kate Ellerhan and she had yeah. thought about changing her Instagram handle because, you know, as an author, it's your name. It's not the Cobra Lily. I yeah. think her,
1: her Instagram is the Cobra Lily shop or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Well, someone already had the Cobra Lily. And so yeah. she switched it over to the Cobra Lily shop because she was selling paper flowers, but she doesn't really sell any paper flowers anymore.
0: Yeah, but it's interesting how... As a lawyer, when I think about it, yeah, it is important that you have some sort of legal recognition that that name is yours. But at the same time, Stephen, you're more than your name. You're more than the paper peony, you know? No one could. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that too. But I mean, looking at your product, let's say, because if the concern is, oh, you know, that person's concerned, you're going to, people are going to confuse you with her or with the other paper peony. I think the important part is not just the name, it's like your photography, your flowers, like. You can't mistake in that paper peony, your paper peony, for someone else's paper peony, you know? Yeah. Like there's some and I don't want to say there's some insecurity in that when you're not trademarked. Yes, there is, but I think at some point, yeah, you get your TM, you get your copyrights, but you're more than that, you know? Anyways, just just a thought. <laughs> I keep on thinking about this because I think yes, we provide products, but we're also artists. And as artists, you this quote unquote product that you provide is not just, doesn't just have your name on it. It has your artistic style. It has your aesthetic to it. And no one can copy that. No one can TM that right? Mm-hmm. So, but anyways, just a thought because I remember like hearing about, yeah, you, you had raised it as an issue last year and we were all like, what? Who would do that? Yeah, but, exactly. No, yeah, yep. do I do have
1: that. one. I'll put it out there. So, you know, I have the Posy Box and I was just randomly doing Google search and someone in the UK has up the Posy Box. I was like, wait a minute, do I need a trademark? To this?" But the weird part is Pink and Posey is my business name. The Posy Box is just a product of Pink and Posey. It's not DBA doing business as the posy box. So it's just something like, what do I do at this point? Because she also does the same thing I do, which is really interesting. So I'm kind of like sitting here and I've, I thought I talked to an attorney about it and it's so expensive. He quoted me close to $2,000 to make this happen. I'm like, whoa, okay. I don't have that type of money to trademark this because I at that point, I wasn't quite sure if I was going to move the posy box where it is now, which now I'm like, I think I do need a trademark to trademark this. So I'm in that process of thinking and researching again and trying to find, do I do it myself? Do I have the time to do it myself? Or do I have a more professional person help me mm-hmm. make this happen? So there's no mistake. It doesn't bite me later on. <laughs> So, yeah, so that's my thought process right now. So I'm like, oh, let's talk about this. I suppose
0: it's kind of like at some point when you get, quote unquote, big enough, you start Mm -hmm. thinking about like, oh, wait, do I need to do more? Do I need Mm -hmm. my Instagram to be like the official, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Exactly. Verified. Verified. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And now you're thinking about trademarking because, oh, what if? And Mm -hmm. I think that's, I think it's responsible, uh, you know. For you guys, to think about those things. Um, absolutely. Steven, we know that you don't just make paper flowers, you do yeah. a lot of <laughs> other so things. so talented. I can't what a talented man you are. <laughs> Tell us about it.
2: So, I call myself an artist just because anything in the artist realm I thoroughly enjoy. So, about a little over five years ago, my best friend and I started a theater company just because he has a degree in theater and I love theater and music, especially like musicals. So we decided to start our own little theater company here in Indianapolis. We do like three shows, four shows a year and a kid's camp. So we enjoy doing plays and musicals. So that's kind of one aspect I get to fulfill my performer slash music director kind of side of things. I also teach piano lessons. I've been teaching piano off and on since probably I was 15 years old. And right now,
0: do you perform at all? Uh,
2: sometimes uh, if it's in a show, like we were before COVID shut down everything. I was going to be the pianist for our, one of our musicals. Oh, um, so that was really fun. And I'm hoping we get to do that after everything mm-hmm. <laughs> returns back to, quote, normal. So
0: what did you go to school for? I, I, actually,
2: <laughs> I actually went to a small private Christian school, general bachelor degree with a focus in music. It's kind of led me to a place where I could do pretty much anything. And mm-hmm. right now it's focusing on basically anything art minded. So music or making paper flowers or mm-hmm. theater. And then from an early age, I was in, interested in photography. So I've been doing photography, you know, since high school and college era. So mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do all my own photography for flowers. Yeah, no, they're
0: they're great. I mean, you definitely have a style.
2: Along with all those things, just pretty, I'm pretty much open to any (laughs) art exploration there
0: is. Mm -hmm. Do you find that, you know, when you're not making paper flowers and you're doing other creative things, do you find that any of that inspire you or help you become a better paper flower artist?
2: I would Probably say with photography, we have an art museum that has a beautiful grounds and they do their own like flower expo kind of thing every mm-hmm. year, every spring. Yeah. It's like flowers at Newfields. And I just go and take pictures of these flowers. And I would say that's obviously very inspiring to see.
0: Are you a gardener I- at all?
2: No, but I started planting some David Austin roses in my yard. Mm. So I can have Great my choice. own
1: samples. <laughs> what what yeah. did you end up choosing? There's so many varieties. Yeah. So surprisingly,
2: all of our kids are named after David Austin rose variety. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh. I love that. <laughs> I love so that.
2: we didn't do it on purpose until Juliet. <laughs>
0: What's your eldest name? Evelyn. Evelyn. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, wow. I have that rose.
2: Yes, Mm -hmm. I've seen you post, (laughs) yes. So we have an Evelyn rose, we have a Juliet rose, and then Benjamin is a Benjamin Britton rose, which is like a red rose.
0: What a coincidence.
2: Yeah, so the... When We knew we were going to name her Juliet, and that's when I found out there were roses named after, or roses named for people, I suppose. I was excited to find out, oh, Juliet has a rose. I wonder if Eve has a rose, and I looked it up, and she does. So when we had our third kid, I was like, we have to name (laughs) Our I kid and Benjamin was at the top of our list and happened to be a rose name, so it was perfect. How
1: appropriate! Oh, that is perfect. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. We,
2: I also have Claire Austin Rose and an Al- Olivia Rose. Oh, yeah.
0: I think I've seen you make oh. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. oh, that's so awesome. They cut roses like the David Austin ones. They are just oh my gosh, the smell.
2: I know. Of them.
0: Which we can't capture, unfortunately, but it's just, oh my goodness. such an easier way, like, sorry, easier way to get access to them by growing them instead of, I don't know where I would even buy them. Like you said. You have to special order it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it would probably have access, but like minimum orders. Yeah. It is, for me,
2: it's like the epitome of stop and smell the roses because they are just like the perfect rose.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, their form, unbelievable. Their shape is just absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah I love unbelievable. It. All right, I'm going to switch gear a little bit, and because you just mentioned about doing a craft show, I know there's a lot of thoughts on people: do I do craft shows? Do I don't do craft shows? How do I even price it? And it's really interesting. I love the fact that somebody asked you this a while back on Facebook, and you're like, you have to choose the right craft show. There's so many different types of craft shows out there. Okay, tell us your process and why you chose the craft show that you did
2: yeah so i uh, luckily indianapolis is a pretty artistic um city and every year without coronavirus in mind every year there are a few Craft shows that are specifically for handmade. So you can't just come in with your, you know, multi level marketing company and sell dishes or mm-hmm. whatever, or, you know, things for your nails. It is specifically things that are handmade by artists, usually locally. So I try to make sure to a- attend those every year because people come expecting to buy. Mm -hmm. handmade goods from people. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely a good environment. People understand the time it takes to make things. Mm -hmm. They understand usually the art of it. And that's a big hurdle for a lot of different events. I've also taken a few risks and done a few like vintage art show or not necessarily art shows, vintage markets and stuff like that Mm -hmm. where people can sell a few different items and people just didn't they didn't really understand the paper flower aspect of it so you Mm -hmm. definitely have to pick shows that are more art on the art side of things Mm -hmm. or definitely the handcrafted side of things
0: are there a lot of paper flower artists in your city
2: there are not Mm-hmm. So that's it's kind of exciting for me because I mm-hmm. feel like people get to see my flowers first. I think there are a couple paper flower artists surrounding Indianapolis, but I don't know if they attend like downtown indie events or not. Mm-hmm. So
0: that's so interesting. How many shows do you think you do per year outside of COVID?
2: Yeah, honestly, probably only three or four, maybe. There's usually a handmade show in the summer and then the same kind of show in the winter, right before Christmas. And those are pretty profitable for me. People come and buy things. There's also the Indie Yelp So Bizarre, which is oh, a, free, cool. a free free event uh, from Yelp. And you apply to be a part of it. And they hold it at the downtown library. And it's a huge event with thousands mm-hmm. of people that come through. Super fun, super Christmassy lots of different vendors and I always try to do that one every year. Do
0: you sell like single now? What do you usually sell? So well, how much uh, do you prepare for a craft no, show? A two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This,
2: this, this is one of the hardest things because mm-hmm. you never know what people are going to like. I've been to shows where I've made, you know, like 10 ranunculus and they all sell within the first 30 minutes. And I'm like, Oh, I wish I would have made more ranunculus. <laughs> and so the next show I would do, and I'll make 20 ranunculus and like three of them sell. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what do people want? <laughs> um, so it's really just, I, I usually just uh, make what I enjoy and then I can use them in future arrangements or sell them at a local store. I have a connection with a local shop that also sells handmade goods. So I can sell my stuff in that shop if I need.
1: Can I give you a tip? The one thing a lot of people are doing now on Instagram is because people are now watching a lot more stories. You should put a poll out. I feel like you're established now and you have followers. Put a poll out. Ask yeah. them, hey, I'm doing this craft show on here and you throw on that. Reserve that date so they know it's coming. Then you put a poll, like, what do you want me to make? And then you do your, am I going to do Juliet Roses? Do you want yeah. that? Do you, and you throw up pictures and people can vote on it. And then you can see how many is going out there.
2: Yeah, that sounds great.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, I think it's a great way to,
0: well, at least a great way to poll your followers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But usually people are right. You know, like for whatever reason, whether it's a trend or they're seeing more of that on Instagram. And they're like, oh, I want that in paper. But it's like warming up your audience, too. Oh, yeah. Let them know that's coming along. Yeah. Yes. Because now with the Instagram the event, it can it, there's a reminder, yeah. mm-hmm, which is super cool. But I can only imagine. I mean, I haven't tried <laughs> to go into a show, <laughs> but I can only imagine that it'd be a lot of work up front. And I, I don't, you know, I've heard of people, you know, working nights and overnights. To make sure they have enough in stock and then Mm -hmm. like you said sometimes it sells out sometimes you don't do you have any you know tips for someone who's interested in showing at a craft show i mean obviously you gave one already but are there any other tips
2: i would say my biggest tip is definitely to find a craft show that is specifically made for handmade goods i think you're gonna you're gonna have more success when you start yourself off with that kind of expectation in mind. And then make as much as you can. I mean, people love to see a full booth. They love to see a variety. I feel like if they see a lot of flowers, they feel like they can buy a few. And it's not like depleting your stock by half if they buy three flowers. So the more (laughs) flowers you have, I think more people are going to be like, oh, I can I can buy three flowers. That's fine. Or some people will come up and be like, I want that whole pot of flowers because I like the way they look together. And then those buy the whole pot.
1: That's awesome.
2: I think just having a variety, I... Do you have different
1: price points?
2: I do. Yeah. So I price my flowers pretty much per stem and they range anywhere from $12 to $20, just depending on how much time and effort, Mm -hmm. how big they are, how many petals are in each one, how easy they are for me to put together. Some gardenias I can put together and 15, 20 minutes. And then roses, the garden roses or peonies, they have so many more petals and maybe take 45 minutes. So you're quick. Uh, <laughs> you're so <good. laughs> I watch it's a like lot is
1: of beautiful.
0: Yeah. You I, is our, that perfect swirl, honestly. Yes. It's like, yeah. It's, so taken a, it's taken
2: a while to get there. Lots of trial and error. I, there was one time I was making a rose center and I looked at the rose center and I was like, Oh, this kind of swirls like a gardenia. So it's basically an an adapted version of a rose center is what my gardenia center is. And gardenias do not grow in Indianapolis. Ah,
1: perfect.
2: So every summer I buy a gardenia tree and I,
0: <laughs> Every summer.
2: And I uh, have some beautiful gardenias from it, and then it dies. And then <laughs> the next summer, I buy another gardenia.
1: <laughs> but they smell so good. I love yes,
2: them. They're one of my favorites. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely well worth it. Well worth investment, I would say.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's talk about how do you set up your booth for your craft show? Because I've seen so many different varieties. I've seen people, I mean, you can buy different sizes. So a small, medium, large. How do you, I mean, your stand that you have put together. That was, was yeah. beautiful. Oh, so good.
2: Yeah. So at previous craft shows, I usually just use a foldable six foot table. And then I have some like wooden crates that double as storage slash display. So I used to put all my paper flowers that are in my vases in these crates and then take them to the show with me. And then I would take them out of the crates and then use the crates as like shelving, essentially mm. on top of my table. So there's some height differences and mm-hmm. it just looks better than sticking everything on a flat table. And it's then, also very
0: on trend, can I yeah. say? With like the home, like that, sorry, handmade kind of. Yeah. Yep.
2: Imagine. And then after my brand change, I kind of wanted to, I wanted things to feel a little more luxurious. I don't know if you remember my first logo. It was a lot on like brown craft paper. Mm. Uh, that was kind of my my vibe, my yeah, feel. It. Yes. Um, and then when I did my brand, my logo, my name change, I decided to go to this black and white kind of classic, really like straight lined look. And so I was looking for different displays at art shows and craft shows. And I found a flower cart and I was like, oh, Well, that makes sense to sell paper flowers from a flower cart. (laughs) And uh, they don't, I don't, I couldn't find them online to buy very easily. They had a few, but they were going to need, you know, a new paint job and some tweaking. And I just, I wasn't sure what I, I didn't, I never bit the bullet. And mm-hmm. so I contacted my wife's uncle, who's a carpenter.
1: Perfect. And you a talented family member. I, <laughs> I,
2: said, I said, hey, I have a project for you. If
1: you want.
2: <laughs> so I sent him this picture of this beautiful flower cart, which if you go to Google and you search like wedding flower cart, it's probably like, I don't know, the sixth or seventh picture. It's a white mm-hmm. flower cart with a black and white striped awning mm-hmm. and it just looks amazing and I was like I need something like this but portable <laughs> so he very graciously made this flower cart that folds up into itself the wow. wheels come off um, it will technically roll if you want it to but yeah. I have a reason to roll it but it folds <laughs> okay. it folds all up into itself and yeah. the, the awning amazing. comes off and you can it like all it's folds up
1: car so you can yeah. like pack it and move it yep. oh my god that's brilliant
2: so i was luckily just able to use the whole thing for the first time this year at my this previous show that i did which happened to be a, a small art show in like an artsy district of our city get some good pictures it was, yeah. cloudy.
1: It was oh, cloudy. a good picture
2: perfect for ph- photography lighting and i got lots of comments on it like this is just perfect it's really mm-hmm. unique it yeah. was tall it stood out over the other tables i feel like that was it's just going to be a really good thing to have in the future when I'm at markets and For sure. there's this random flower stand just sticking up above all the tables. So yeah,
1: I will have this photo in on the blog site, you guys. So make mm-hmm. sure you check it out. It is beautiful.
0: It is beautiful. It's so unique. Yeah. Like yeah. it's so um, like inclusive of your brand, like everything mm-hmm. about it. It's sure to stand out, not just because it's different, but because it just elevates, I think everything, you know, mm-hmm. because it's like a whole package. Yeah. yeah. It's a part of your branding. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I not I, I'm amazed that he could
1: make something like that. And, oh my yeah. gosh. So talented. I wish I had an uncle like that. Yep. <laughs> and also, another amazing thing because Stephen is part of our admin group, he actually took a before and after photo and he shares you photo tips how to take better photos. You can find all of this on our Facebook group. So if you look up for the paperfloors.org Facebook group, it's all there for you to see and ask your questions and to see other people's questions and answers. Yeah. <laughs> this season, we're focusing on pricing. So, do you have any
0: pricing tips that you'd like to share?
2: Yeah, I have come a long way with pricing. When I first started out, my philosophy, I would ask myself, what would I pay for this flower? And that was a good start for me. It was like, if I saw this at a market and I, I recognized the art, I recognized the value in it, what would I pay for something like this? And that kind of gave me a starting point to say, okay, yeah, I would pay that much. I would pay $13 for this flower because it's beautiful. And someone spent their time making this flower. And since then, it's kind of evolved to, I ask myself that question. And then I ask myself, is that what I think it's really worth. Do I think that flower is worth what time and effort I put into it? And I ask my family and friends, like, what would you pay for this flower? And surprisingly, they would pay higher than I would. And so that's just a good indicator, I think, of I feel like how a lot of paper, paper florists are kind of underselling themselves. And it's been really helpful for me to ask my friends and family, hey, without knowing anything, how this flower was made, how much would you think this flower cost? And they throw out numbers that are higher than I was, wow, you would, you would pay that much? And they're like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a really good, it's kind of, it's obviously like self-esteem boosting, like, oh (laughs) wow, people might pay for that. I've also been to a few markets where people come up and they, they don't even look at the price. They don't ask. They just say, I want this flower, this flower, and this flower. And then I tell them how much it would be. And they're like, oh, that's all. I'm just kind of, shocked. I'm like, oh, you thought it should be more? And the one lady was like, yeah, I thought these would be way more expensive. And so I've been slowly raising my prices. And after listening to Jessie and how she does this, I think you call it like value pricing. Yes. And that, and that really makes sense to me. Like, yeah, we can put a thing, a, a price on a stem and say this stem costs $15. And then you think to yourself, is that really like, the value of this flower. And sometimes it's yes and sometimes it's no. And so you have to reassess kind of what you're gonna charge. But I have slowly been increasing my stem prices. I do I do stem prices just because in my head it's easy to say they're not posted anywhere. I don't someone doesn't know how much a garden rose stem costs. But if they call and they want an arrangement of twelve garden roses, then I roughly know how much the arrangement will cost based on a stem price. So that's kind of my pricing right now.
1: (laughs) It's a great way to start doing that. I think testing out the market, raising your prices, because I think one clue is when you know when to raise your prices is when you sell a lot and you are overwhelmed with work. It's a great way to slow it down, but still make the same or more with less effort. Yeah. I think it's, uh, you point out
0: like something really interesting Other people thinking that your flowers should actually cost more. Mm -hmm. And we hear about a lot of people who, you know, try to bargain and they're like, well, it's too expensive. But I think that's in the minority. I actually think that most people are amazed by, you know, your talent, amazed by what you can do because they can't make a flower look like a gardenia or a David Austin Rose, and they actually think that it probably takes a ton of time, a ton of talent and should be, you know, cost probably more than you ever thought you could, you know, charge for it. And I think listening to those voices is better than listening to those other ones that are like trying to bargain you
1: out because
0: those people, I'm sure in everything that they do across the border, they're hunting for that bargain. Yeah. You'll always have those people. Yeah. You'll always have those people. So, I mean, I, I think your experience with like people saying, oh my God, like uh, I thought it'd be more than that. I think those are the right voices and I think we should listen to them. But so interesting because like I said, you know, most of the time we're hearing from the bargain people. But even, yeah, personally, when people, I, I've had people ask me as well and they thought it was like, oh no, that that seems like, you know, a lot cheaper than I expected. Eh, yeah, it's nice. It's a nice validation. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> and
2: those are the people that, you want to have as customers people that like
0: absolutely totally
2: appreciate the art that you're doing yeah.
0: and that's, there are that's
1: people what you want there. Mm-hmm. there
0: are and they don't they, they don't question you you know, they're yeah. like, oh, that's the no. price. Okay, you know.
1: Yeah, but it takes time. It takes time to build yes. these relationships and to yeah. build up your brand. But once you have it, it's the most satisfying feeling. Yeah, yeah. So, actually, how long have you been, you have you been in business, Steven?
2: So, I started uh, the Paper Peony, now Indiana Paper Company, right before my second daughter was born, and she is three, three and a half. So, just about three and a half
1: years. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that sounds about All right. Paper flower journey.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, no, it's amazing where you are and how you've grown as an artist. And funny enough, I mean, from my perspective, I think you have grown as an artist, but your yeah. aesthetic has remained similar, mm. which is so important, which, you know, kind of tells me that, you know, you, you're true to your aesthetic, you're true to your style, and you've been able to express that throughout, you know, your three, four years. That's amazing.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, so let's get to the fun questions. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the one I always <laughs> wait for. <it. laughs> even.
1: When you're making all these amazing paper flowers, what are you watching and what are you drinking?
2: <laughs> so pretty much anytime I'm making paper flowers, Netflix is always on in the background. And I have watched a lot of Netflix. <laughs> so I think I've watched all the seasons of 13 Reasons Why. At one point when Friends was on Netflix, Ooh, I watched yes. all those seasons. Mm-hmm. And then I just, I always ask for recommendations from friends and family just because i go through seasons so quickly um, <laughs> i watched the big flower fight um, Ooh, yes, that yes. was
1: a fun one <laughs> it's so
2: good uh some good inspiration for paper flower making
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh also um if you haven't seen blown away you should watch yes. that glass blowing competition oh, i haven't seen that one That one's it's good i'm yeah. sure i'd be just like super inspired by that yeah it really made me like I want us to do a paper flower competition. And <laughs> Didn't so I fun, tell you, you? Warren's been talking about that. He's like, that's your next big thing. Yeah. So I've already started talking and networking and I need to get an agent. So if there's an agent that does TV shows, contact me, please, because I have somebody at Amazon Prime Movie that is interested, but I need an agent to represent me. I think it's going to be a really amazing piece, you guys. I think that would be really cool. I've already had it planned out. It's all written. It's ready to go. (laughs) I just need to execute it and find more time to execute it. But there's so many other projects in the way. (laughs) And what do you drink, Stephen?
2: Uh, Coffee and sometimes tea, but mostly coffee.
1: (laughs) Do you like um, the black tea or the green tea or the flavor tea?
2: Um, honestly, I've been going to Starbucks and getting some of their white tea. Oh, uh, That's different. Mm -hmm. the guava white tea
1: yeah
0: gonna have have to try that good for you supporting your local starbucks yeah you gotta support our local well (laughs) starbucks is not really a small town but a
1: small business (laughs) (laughs) but but you know how many starbucks are closing down in toronto (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: wow yeah so if you like your starbucks or or your local businesses go support them
1: yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Even the big franchises are not immune to
1: this COVID issue. No, there's so many businesses that we see every single day closing down. It's really sad. We try to do takeout at least a couple times a week to support mm-hmm. our restaurant, yeah. mom and pop places, and it's it's so sad to see the so devastation. We,
2: we do have a local small coffee shop that has a pistachio latte,
1: <gasps> and oh. it is That's very sure good,
2: and it has a little bit of rose water in it. Mm. Ooh, so fancy. it's a, a favorite of
1: mine <laughs> nice <laughs> absolutely <laughs> well thank you so much Stephen, for joining us it was yeah. such a pleasure talking to you getting to know your journey and kind of talking about your branding because you nailed it your thank branding is you. amazing Yeah, I love your new website. I
0: love your headshot. Yes. I think
1: it's. (laughs) Yeah, I
0: do. I love it. It's very, if it's not our brand, it's very you. I I think that's important, you know, showing a little bit yourself in like on your website and on Instagram. Yeah, we love it. And we love all your paper flowers. So keep making them and sharing your
2: photos. If there's one tip I could tell anyone who makes paper flowers, it's to really spend the extra time taking great pictures. I think like scrolling through Instagram and like looking at different paper flowers and different paper florists, taking that extra time to take the perfect picture is is so worth it, I think. And just to have beautiful pictures of what you make is also a plus on the side.
1: Yeah, use natural light. Shoot during the daytime if possible. Not in the evening because those pictures are not good. Yeah, the lighting—it's hard to see. Yeah. Do you normally use your iPhone or do you use your DSLR?
2: I usually use my DSLR, and I have I have two replica surfaces that are connected together, and I just face it towards a window with great natural light, and that's how I take ninety percent of my paper flower picture
1: love it your pictures are amazing and i do love those replicas surfaces they're fun yeah. <laughs> yeah they're
0: expensive but they're fun yeah. <laughs> thank you so much Stephen. yeah thank you so much for being on hopefully we'll see you soon
2: sounds good thanks
1: if you're looking
0: for a way to support us please hit subscribe and write us a review we would appreciate it so much you can also support us as a patron on patreon.com your contribution would help us continue to create great content for you and the paper flower community